Hi, I'm Kelly Williams, the founding chair and co-CEO of the Private Equity Women Investor Network. PWIN is an organization that was founded in 2008 and is comprised of over 700 women globally. The idea behind PEWIN when we first founded it was to provide an opportunity for senior women in our industry to network, find ways of doing business together, and to increase the profile of women in our industry. The first video you're going to see is taken from a fireside chat I did at this year's 2020 SEO Alternative Investment Conference. I sat down with my very dear friend, Vern Perry, who is a senior managing director at the Blackstone Group and heads their strategic partners business. The first video you're going to see is a bit of the story of how I became a founder, both of the Customized Fund Investment Group and as one of the co-founders of the Private Equity Women Investor Network. Last week, I just gave this talk for Founders Day at my college. It was the 20, 225th anniversary of uh, the founding of my college. And I talked about being a founder. And first of all, many of you know, one of the reasons I love SEO is I am a first-gen college student. No one in the 400 years that my family has lived in America, nobody ever went to college. I didn't have the, a path. It was not like we had any founders in my family. And I, I was fortunate, and I encourage people to think about founding a business in this way. I was fortunate that I worked for a company. I worked for Prudential. But they allowed people within that culture to be entrepreneurs, and they actually allowed me to start a business. And so sometimes you think you have to leave the place where you are to start something. That's not always the case. Um, and I was also very fortunate that my boss, John Strangfeld, is the person who introduced me to SEO and made me aware that this was an incredible resource for bringing talent into the business. When you are a founder, you have the hopes and dreams and lives of other people on your shoulders. And that's the thing that a, pe a lot of people don't talk about. They talk about having the vision and you know the, tr the drive, achieving returns. But the really important thing is that you're the one who has to make sure that all of the people who work for you can pay their bills <laughs> and send their kids to college and you know achieve their own dreams. And that is something that is so incredibly important to think about when you put together a firm and you put together that mosaic of people who will be part of your firm because at the end of the day, you're responsible for them. The next video you're going to see is a portion of my interview with Fern Perry from Blackstone, where he asks me to discuss what I believe are structural impediments to increasing gender and ethnic diversity in the private equity industry. One of the things that people have to remember about private equity firms or alternative investment firms is for the most part, they are family offices. They are started by one or two individuals, and usually white men who work together, what, you know, maybe went to HBS together, maybe worked at Goldman, you know, there's very similar stories, and then they go out and they say, we're gonna start a private equity firm. The vast majority of their net worth is tied up in that firm. They put that GP commitment in. If they are good at what they do, they make a return, they double down on themselves, right? They think they're gonna make more money betting on themselves than in the public markets. And so no surprise, they are not gonna just flip the keys to people who look like you or me, right? They, that is their net worth. They want people who understand that shorthand. And so that's one of the, I don't know that it's an impediment, it's just a reality. That is the way in our industry we structure companies. LPs, I think, 
forget that we do not, in our industry, have the kind of governance that you have in your public markets portfolio. There is no board <laughs> in a private equity firm, for the most part, other than for you know publicly traded firms. There's no board of directors. There's nobody overseeing the you know diversity program. <laughs> there are no shareholders putting pressure on you other than the limited partners. And it's really up to the limited partners at the end of the day. I think for women, um, it's often the case that there's an assumption made that women are not staying in for the long term because they're going to have families. And so a lot of times, um, and I got to see this because I was the head of a business, and I got to watch people who worked for me making decisions about women's careers based on an assumption that, oh, well, she's going to go have a baby. She's probably not going to come back, so let's not assign her that deal or let's not put her up for that promotion. Um, and I have to tell you, in my entire career, I have never once known a woman not to come back from maternity leave because she wanted to stay home and be a mother. The only reason women don't come back is because it's not a culture they want to come back to. That, to me, is one of the biggest impediments. We, you know, we talk about this all the time. Culture is so important. You saw Henry Kravis this morning. Um, KKR is a firm that I work really closely with on diversity issues. And Henry's not in the room, but I'm going to tell you the story anyway. I went to see Henry. Henry called me up and said, Kelly, I want you to help me find more women partners. And I went to see him, and there was this giant bouquet of flowers that were being brought into the room. And I thought, who is sending Henry Kravis flowers? And um, he's like, can you just give me a second? I have to make a call to George, who is his partner and also his cousin. And it was the anniversary of the founding of their firm. And on the anniversary of the founding of their firm, they send each other something to note. And I thought, you know, think about the cult that this many years along, they're still appreciating each other. They're still celebrating what they've built together. And so I don't think any of us should be surprised that Henry Kravis chairs the board of SEO because he is somebody who really thinks about culture. I was always really proud of the diversity that we were able to achieve with our team at the Customized Fund Investment Group. And the next portion of the video talks a little bit about how we achieved that. So when we left, over 50% of the investment committee were women or people of color, and the overall team was about 60% uh, women and people of color. <laughs> I have to tell you something funny. So, Mrs. Lewis, thank you so much for the gift, but I, I already own the book. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, those are words to live by. Why should white guys have all the fun? I think part of it was the culture at Prudential. When I joined Prudential, I reported to a woman, and the head of our division was, a, was an African-American man. There were lots of, and this is, I joined Prudential in 1996. There were lots of women and people of color running divisions of Prudential. So when I started to put my team together, I, it didn't even occur to me not to, you know, to look at a more narrow field of people. I think, you know, you heard Kim Liu say this morning, why is it that we as allocators are giving 80% of our dollars to 30% of the population? You know, to me, having diversity or, or having a diverse team or a diverse investment set, it's not a nice thing to do. It's not an HR initiative. It's not a, you know, a, oh, I'm being a good guy by doing this. 
this is what we do for a living, folks. Like if you are not increasing the opportunities to make the best possible returns by going to the broadest set of investment possibilities, you should be fired from your job. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I said the other, I, when I gave this founder's speech last week, I said, look, imagine if I hadn't taken that meeting with Robert Smith because he was African-American and said, oh, like he couldn't possibly. I mean, what would I have done to my clients by missing that opportunity? And there are, you know, look at the size of this room. I mean, there's 600 of those possibilities right here in this room. So, you know, I think from my perspective, it's, it's a matter of just making sure that you have as many shots on goal as you possibly can, which means, you know, you gotta be serving up as many pucks and, and just, you know, just keep, keep trying. Um, one of the things I do wanna talk about though is, I think about this a lot. You know, when I think about it in the context of what's been going on with our in our country and the division in our country, and part of what I think it comes from, and this is something that Bob Green and I have talked a lot about over the years, one of the words I despise is the word tolerance, because tolerance means something you don't like that you put up with. And since, you know, the period of, of you know, the civil rights Act in the 60s, we went through a period where tolerance was what was preached, which means there were an awful lot of people around who didn't like what was going on, didn't like that there was more diversity, didn't like that there were more opportunities for women and people of color, but they put up with it and kept their mouths shut because tolerance was the word. And no surprise when we changed that word from tolerance to diversity and inclusion, that all hell broke loose. And it's no surprise that it you know, coincided with the time of electing an African-American president. Um, and I think that we see that even in our own industry. I think for many of us who are diverse, um, firms have felt like, well, look, I gave you, you have a shot. You should just be grateful to have your job. I can't tell you how many times in my career I've heard, you should just be grateful that you have a job. But once you actually ask to start being included in the decision-making and being included in the senior ranks, that's when the conversation changes because that makes people very uncomfortable, right? And so, you know, I, I think that we as a country are going through this. Um, diversity is just counting heads. It's how many of something you have. Inclusion is actually creating the environment for people to thrive. And we, that's where we are not. And that's where I think we as LPs have to do a much better job because we are giving lots of people credit for diversity and that's just the head count. And so people are trying to solve that by saying, oh, I hired an African-American person or a Hispanic person or you know, LGBTQ or a veteran or a woman. Um, and oh, by the way, guess what? Those people stay 18 to 24 months. And why is that? It's because there's no culture of inclusion. There's no real place for them. They don't envision those people being in the senior ranks and making the decisions. I think we as LPs have to vote as much with our dollars, uh, or as much with our feet as we do with our dollars. So as much as we want to give money to firms that are doing a good job, we need to walk away from the firms that are doing a bad job. And we need to spend a lot more time focused on the firms that are, have systemic turnover among women and people of color and understand what is going on there and what is, what's wrong with the culture within that firm because they are doing a disservice to us. They are not helping us as investors get access uh, to the best and brightest.
So that's a long answer to my view on what some of the structural impediments have been. I also think the other thing we all have to wake up as people who have our career on Wall Street is that most of America hates us, right? They don't understand what we do. We have been demonized. We have actually become a campaign issue. I mean, there are actually candidates talking about how evil people in private equity are. I'm, I am a liberal Democrat, but I am proud of what I do. And I think it is a huge mistake in our country to demonize success. I don't think that that's how any of us, particularly those of us who grew up with nothing, were taught. But I think we have to understand that unless the rest of America sees that we are a diverse industry and that we are trying to do good, they are not gonna have a kind view of us. If they just think private equity people are all just a bunch of old rich white guys, no matter how good those guys are, they are not the most sympathetic. And I can tell you the amount of positive PR for our industry we got from Robert Smith retiring the school debt for those students at Morehouse we, you know, the, our industry couldn't pay for that because I guarantee you people were like, whoa, what does that guy do? Like, what did he do to make all the money to be able to do that? Or why is that black guy on the cover of Forbes Billionaires issue? What's private equity? Those are good stories for us. And so the people who are representing our industry have to look more like what this room looks like because the rest of America is gunning for us and gunning for our Wall Street in general, but particularly private equity. And we are the ones who can change that perception. Philanthropy is a really important part of my life. And about five years ago, I started the Williams Legacy Foundation to help me carry out my philanthropic goals. The next portion of the video talks a little bit about that. You know, I feel very blessed to even be able to have a foundation. You know, I'm very grateful to all of my clients over the years who entrusted me with their assets. And so with our foundation, what we focus on is fellowship. And when I say fellowship, I don't mean it necessarily in the religious sense. I mean it in the broader sense. And the reason it's about fellowship is, if you'll remember, the Surgeon General under President Obama was asked what he thought the greatest health crisis in America was. Now, obviously, this predates corona, but um, at the time, he said, not heart disease, not the opioid crisis, not cancer. He said loneliness, that that was the greatest health crisis facing us. And so I decided that in a country like America, where there are so many people, no one should be lonely. No one should not have fellowship. And so we look for opportunities to support that. It's one of the reasons we support SEO. SEO is about being bringing people of goodwill together, even if you have different points of view. We underwrite in my hometown, which is Newburgh, New York, which is a very um, economically depressed area. Uh, we underwrite all of the soup kitchens in our town, and, the re and the, unfortunately, there are a lot of them. Uh, and the reason for that is we want people to have a place to come together and have a meal. It's For many people, it's the only time during the day that they're actually interacting with another person. And so that, to me, is incredibly important. We just underwrote something called the Con Constructive Engagement Forum at my college, which, again, brings people from very different points of view together to talk about it and to show, you know, really give the example of how can you have a dignified discourse with somebody who disagrees with you. And so these are the types of projects that we look for. Obviously, to me, diversity falls well within the, it's all about fellowship, it's all about 
you know, the only way that you can overcome uh, discrimination is by getting to know each other. There was a comedian who had a great line that I use all the time, and, and he said, you know, bigotry is just so stupid. Bigotry against a group is so stupid when there's so many great individual reasons to dislike someone. So, and I, I just, I, I say that all the time. It's like, get to know people. Why would you just dislike people as a group? If you can get to interact with them, you might not like them, but more often than not, that's probably not gonna happen. As we all know, change comes from the top. And I really believe that the composition of the board of any institution really makes a difference in ensuring that you have enduring change in the organization. If we want to address diversity and inclusion, you have to make changes at the top. The next portion of the video addresses my views on that. Funny, when I was first asked to join a public company board, a lot of the guys I knew said, why on earth would you want to do that? And I'm like, are you kidding? You know, for, for white men who've done it for a long time, they just see it as a liability. For me, I saw it was a real opportunity first to learn about governance of, of large companies, but also have an impact. I sit on the board of a public company where I chair the nominating and governance committee. And the first thing that I did was recruit a woman of color to the board. Uh, we've now just had another woman of color join the board. So we're over a third, uh, over a third of the board are uh, women. Um, and this is an old school, 100 year old manufacturing company. And so I think the opportunity really to impact the, the culture of, our, of corporate America starts with the board. It really starts with the message that you're sending to the teams and how you're going to measure them. It gets back to my point on if you're an LP, it gets back to you are effectively the, like the shareholders. Um, but the other for-profit board I'm on, it's not public yet, is Grasshopper Bank. And uh, it's based here in New York City. It's the first um, venture capital bank based here in New York. It's a woman-led bank, a very diverse team. They are particularly focused on banking diverse entrepreneurs. And so I'm, I'm both a personal investor and also a board member in it. I think it's a great advantage for us in New York as we develop our own you know, tech hub here in New York. And so, you know, really, I think the opportunity to also impact companies from a governance standpoint, even if you're not running them yourself day to day, but make sure that management teams know that this is something that you think is important and you're going to hold them accountable for is, to me, you know, I, I find it an incredible honor to be able to do that.